Up next, the news you can use from YAA. It's your 30-minute fix for all your car questions, industry news, and tips you can use when buying your next vehicle. We're your hosts, Ray and Zach Shevska, the founders of YAA. We're here every weekday, live at noon Eastern. Check us out at joinyaa.com. Come on, get in! Okay, it is Friday, October 5th at noon, and that means one thing and one thing only, daily news you can use. Let's see how this goes. So Papashevska is not feeling well, so please in the chat, put your well wishes over to my dad. He got his booster shot and his flu shot at the same time in the same arm between you and me. I think that was maybe a bit of a mistake one at a time, but hey, more power to him. Again, in the chat, Papashevska, dad, feel better, please, miss you. I'm going to do my best to hold down the fort here. I actually think, and Dad, if you're watching this, you're welcome to chat as well. I've got the phone lines open, so I can call you. Maybe we can do a little call-in action. Um, And if anyone wants to join me on the show today, anyone from the YAA community, if you want to join me, let me know. Let me know in the chat, and if I've got your email or something like that, I will uh, send you over the link, and you uh, you can join us. I'll get started, though, with a few topics. Yeah, see, we've got the well wishes. Thank you, Justice. Yeah, I hope Ray feels better, too. He's 70, so I'm getting, you know, he's at the age where I'm a little bit, just a little concerned about him. Um, Let's start things off, though. I I put as the title for today's stream, um, is the bubble close to bursting? There were a few things that um, my dad and I talked about in advance of me coming on here. We've got new earnings reports from Honda. We've got earnings reports from Subaru. They were both down Big, 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 big time. And then at the same time, we've got Tesla increasing their MSRPs once again. So let me pull some of this up on the screen for you so you can take a look as well. Bear with me. I'm a one-man show today. Share screen. Here we go. Okay, so it was just a couple weeks ago, October 22nd, that Tesla increased the Model 3 and Model Y prices, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, it was the Model 3 by $2,000, and it was the Model uh, Y by $2,000 as well. And then it was the Model X, if I'm not mistaken, or the Model S, that was $5,000. I'm trying to find it here. $2,000 increase. What we had happen this morning, or or really yesterday, was another $1,000 increase on the Model 3 and the Model Y. So we're seeing MSRPs continue to go up. This is at the same time as we're seeing manufacturers come out and say that their earnings are not so hot. We talked about it yesterday. Toyota's earnings were through the roof, which was kind of ridiculous, if you ask me. Um, John Lynham's in the house here. John, you want to join me on the stream? My dad's sick. So get on the stream, John. Thanks for being here um, all the way up for, up there in Maine. Also, even with my dad not being here, we still have people on Twitch watching just me today. This is a special, special moment. Thanks for that. So at the same time as we have Tesla increasing their MSRPs, and we talked about yesterday Ram increasing their MSRPs as well, we have the earnings reports, which are are brutal. Subaru profit falls by almost half on chip shortage. Subaru has lowered its full-year outlook after global output declined 40% in the quarter. Honda profit falls 30% as chip crunch hits production and sales. The automaker has cut its sales and profit outlook for the current fiscal year. And this, if you remember correctly, we had GM. It was just a couple weeks ago, or last week, excuse me. They came out with their quarterly earnings. Their profit was down, what was it? It was down 43%, 40%, something like that. And we had Ford down 24%. Toyota is the one bright spot where they've had their, their their, their net income, their profit increase. All of this starts to point to, no one's been saying 
hospital really being honest about what's going on with the chip shortage and how uh, how badly it's impacting each of these manufacturers. And we talked about it recently, the used car prices, we talked about it recently, we talked about it every freaking day, used car prices are through the roof. And essentially what we're seeing here is maybe the beginnings of the cracking of that bubble. Uh, and the bubble that we're seeing is this incredible um, appreciation of, of all this inventory, whether it's new or used. Eventually, consumers are not going to be purchasing as many vehicles. And that's what we started to see in some of the data from LMC that came out yesterday. We talked about it a bit on yesterday's show, and it's worth pulling up again. Essentially, October was the slowest sales rate of any month so far this year. And so essentially what we're seeing is high, high, high prices. And finally, consumers saying, OK, we don't want to pay for these. And at the end of the day, what that entails is that prices are going to come back down. And I read an article. I didn't, I didn't include it in the show topics. But it was essentially like, will there be a mini recession amongst car prices? And my dad and I don't think so. We think that because all this money is being printed by the Federal Reserve, that prices of everything are going to continue to go up. But we're starting to see some like chinks in the armor, essentially, um, of car prices. And that's pretty scary, honestly. And yes, David has it right. Prices are too damn high. Uh, Benjamin saying, good day, Zach. Miss your dad. Hope he is well. Um, but you do well, too. Yes, used car prices are way out of line. No, I, I don't. I need my dad. I need my dad. He's integral uh, to this to this process. Uh, Workington says, uh, feel better, dad. Yes, indeed. Feel better, pops. Again, the option is open. If anyone wants to join me on the stream, just put it in the chat and I will send you the link. You could be you could be my dad for the day. That doesn't sound right, but it's definitely an option if you want to. So we have that data that came out recently. Um, and then we also have uh, Carvana news as well that kind of speaks to the challenges that were that are being faced in this type of environment. So even though used car prices are through the roof and we talk about it all the time, Pitoro from Twitch says, where is Sensei? He is in bed right now. Again, Pops, if you're watching this, I can call you directly. You don't have to be on the screen, but I could call you directly. Um, he's not feeling so hot today. But we have this news from Carvana that I wanted to touch on as well, because it's really interesting, right? Used car prices, we've been talking about it forever now, over like literally a year now, how used cars have appreciated. Carvana is struggling with robust trade-ins pandemic posts a quarter three loss. So revenue at Carvana doubled to 3.48, rounded up three and a half billion dollars in the last quarter on retail unit sales that increased 74%. So if you remember, I've talked about this a bit in the past. Last year, the entire year, if I'm not mistaken, maybe it was two years ago now, Carvana did for the full year like 200,000 cars uh, retailed. Just last quarter, they did 112,000, but they're still posting a loss. This is really interesting. Let's, let's kind of um, walk through this here together. Stronger top-line results, but posted a wider loss in the third quarter after producing its first ever profit, $45 million in the second quarter. So last quarter, they made $45 million. This quarter, they lost $68 million. Last year, for the third quarter, they lost $18 million. That's on revenue doubling. Uh, second consecutive quarter of positive earnings before interest. Here we go. Total gross profit, profit per vehicle was $4,672 up from $4,056 one year ago. The retail gross profit per vehicle was 1,769 versus 1,857 in the third quarter of last year. Um, aggressive acquisition of customer cars is what's held back their actual profit margin. Uh, operating capacity, available inventory. They added nine new markets in the past quarter. 
essentially what Carvana is doing is they're growing so damn fast that they can't actually make any money, which is not a new story. But it's interesting because it's there's another article right here back on Jalopnik, which is a really worthy read, which is if you are going to buy a car from Carvana, get it inspected. If you don't get the car inspected, not even necessarily a pre-purchase inspection because Carvana won't let you do a pre-purchase inspection. But I've had conversations with folks over there. I know people there. I know people at Vroom as well. They are struggling with reconditioning cars. My dad has talked about reconditioning all the time. It's sometimes a fee that you see on a car deal, which is complete and utter BS. But reconditioning is essentially the process of taking a vehicle that you bought from auction or that was traded in and getting it quote unquote showroom ready. This is a story that was chronicled here on Jalopnik of a Reddit user who actually purchased this 2017 Honda Civic SI sedan and ultimately didn't take it for a test drive or inspect the vehicle. It says right here, where is it? Where is it? Funny thing about blah, 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 blah. After getting past the quick inspection, he took it for a test drive. Well, if you want to call it a test drive, Beep41 claims the Carvana rep led him to believe that he could only do the test drive in the parking lot of the vending machine facility. He said he thought it was strange, but didn't think about it further, including the parking lot test drive, inspection, and signing of paperwork. He was done in 45 minutes. Not bad considering that that same process would have taken multiple hours at a dealership. But things took a turn for the worse only a few hours later. Again, Carvana, we're just... We're, we're painting the picture of what's going on in the market right now. Carvana sold 75% more cars, 112,000 cars last quarter. They lost money on that because they're having to pay consumers so much for those cars. And then there's stories like this out there, and a lot of them from Vroom especially, but this one's from Carvana, where they're not necessarily getting the cars in tip-top shape before you're driving them off the lot. The story continues to read, I noticed a slight flapping sound as I was getting to speed. I figured it was wind noise. I've mostly driven Subarus, so wind noise is nothing new to me. A couple hours later, I leave home to visit my girlfriend. About halfway to our house, I noticed the car is pulling to the right too, something that wasn't apparent at low speeds. I figured maybe it needed an alignment. No big deal. I was planning to get one anyway. I'm also driving with the windows down, and that flapping sound begins to sound more like a dragging sound. I live in a city, so I figured I ran over something, and it's stuck underneath the car. Here you go. There was essentially some pretty significant damage to this vehicle that Carvana acknowledges as an imperfection. Long story short, this uh, this uh, beep forty one was the the username of this person on Reddit. Tried to return the vehicle. Carvana told him um, before that that they needed to work through Silver Rock, which is the warranty company that Carvana owns, to get everything repaired. That they would still pay for it. Everything it's under the Carvana warranty, but that was a heck of a lot of headache and hassle. And ultimately, when he asked for the refund, it was going to take twenty to forty days for him to get his money back because they needed to quote rebuild the contracts. At the end of the day, um, this is one of the experiences you could potentially have if you're going to go down that path. If you're going to buy something from a Carvana or a Vroom without actually getting a test drive done uh, or a pre-purchase inspection or things like that. And so we're in this market. We're in this environment where no one has any inventory. Prices are going up. Consumers are stopping uh, as, as much uh, buying as they were doing before. But prices are still going up. These are some of like the leading indicators for us that we think, okay, maybe this bubble's gonna burst. But then you look back at like the Federal Reserve, and as long as they're printing money, it's like $120 billion a month, nothing's gonna change. Prices on everything are going to continue to go up. All right, I'm gonna look at the chat here because I'm gonna give me a second. 
Oh my gosh. Igor says, Zach, I delayed my business meeting. And if you want, I can do a regular phone call, just not video chat. If that would be okay with you and everyone on the YAA live stream, Igor, I think that would be great. Give me one second, gang, and we'll give Igor a call. Igor, I owe you like a box of chocolates or something. You're a good man. All right. I got your phone number right here. You're just not allowed to put my dad out of a job. That's my one request, okay? All right, let's dial Igor. Good afternoon, gang. Hey, Igor, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. I hope everyone else is... Thing. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, in the chat, everyone, if you can let me know that you're hearing Igor loud and clear. And then, Igor, you've got a lot of fans, my friend. This is great. Thanks for making the time and thanks for pushing back your meeting to join us. Thank you, Thank you guys for the opportunity. I figured it's more important than some of the stuff I'm going over with. And I figured I'm not going to let you hang. Hey, well, I really appreciate it. Yeah, my dad's in bed right now and not feeling super hot. And so to know that you're able to step up, I literally texted you five minutes before we went on. So thank you, sir. So Igor, do you mind giving a bit of an introduction, um, who you are, what you're up to on, on your end? Not a problem. Uh, my name is Igor, and uh, I am uh, one of the uh, partners at one of the bigger groups in uh, Northeast here in New England, uh, uh, automotive group, and uh, we have over 40 dealerships. And uh, I'm open for any questions or anything I could help you with. Absolutely, Igor. So maybe share a little bit. I've uh, I want to just give you a quick shout out. Igor has been in the chat and also back on the join yaa.com community forum, constantly helping. I'm going to say hundreds of people, maybe thousands of people, which is really incredible. And Igor, if you don't mind, can you share a little bit? You've been in the business a long time. Why are you so passionate about helping people through this process? And again, you represent, you have 40 dealerships. So like, why are you so passionate about this? Well, uh, I'm going to start with how it all began. I'm going to be extremely short. Um, I immigrated to this country in 1988 from Ukraine. Back then, it was Soviet Union, and I always loved cars. My father had one car, and it has been around for 20 years back in Soviet Union. He drove it for 20 years, literally. In Russia, it was very hard to get cars. And people who were able to get them were extremely overpaying for them and waiting for them on top of five to seven years to get one. And that wasn't even guaranteed, although the money you had to put down wasn't guaranteed to even be uh, returned to if you weren't up for the vehicle. So coming to America, I noticed this is one of the greatest countries in the world, and you have so many opportunities you could look at. I, I found a lot of cars, and I fell in love with them. So when I turned 18, not 16, 18, I decided to get my first car. And when I went to the dealership, I didn't know the process. It was very confusing, and I, I ended up getting ripped off. From that point on, I loved the dealerships. And and I thought that my career is definitely in cars, but I need to do something different and make life for people a little different. And that's how it all began. And now uh, fast forward to today, and, and you've done a hell of a job building a business. Uh, yeah, 
Well, I've been in the business for over 25 years. Started off as a salesperson and uh, grew into management and then decided to get into the ownership side. And uh, that's how it all began for me. And now we have over 40 dealerships, big group, group of ownership. And uh, we're doing business a little different than most dealers. We're on, upfront and honest with people. We try to make it very easy process for people who come in and buy and we truly cherish our customers. We follow back on them and take care of them any way we can. And in my dealership, just so you folks know, customer is always right. <laughs> I will take customer side. If it gets to me, the last, if the complaint goes up to me all, all the way, I will take customer side no matter what, even if the customer is wrong, in my opinion. I will you know, make sure that customer is taken care of. You know, my dad had said um, a lot of times when he worked for the Penske organization that his area VP said to him, and he was a sales manager at that time, he said, if a customer complaint ever gets to my level, I'm taking it out of your pay or something along those lines. Whatever I got to do to make it right, I'm taking it out of your pay. And I think it speaks volumes to no one wants their reputation to, to be tarnished. However, Igor, you and I both know we're looking at it every single day. There's a lot of dealerships right now that are really doing some things that are not making them seem customer centric. And I'm talking about, I was researching earlier, Igor, actually Alex sent it into me. I saw a Ford Bronco for sale, a used one for $135,000. Like there's nothing customer centric about that. I mean, that's a really, that's a dealership group that, that says, okay, we're playing the short game, not the long game. It's mind boggling what's going on right now in the market. Um, I'm, a lot of dealerships are doing a lot of, I will, I'm going to use the word, I'm sorry, but it's shady. It's unethical. And I think uh, customers truly don't deserve this. And a lot of gouging has been going on. A lot of it. I totally disagree with it. Uh, my group uh, been holding up the front. We were trying to take care of customers for a very extremely long time, not uh, Charging up markups, we're, we're still not doing any additional equipment on cars. We sell them as it is, and we don't charge for anything extra. We don't use the, uh, uh, any gimmicks or any sort of uh, uh, using this situation as uh, to make, I would say, to make extra money or profit of a bad situation. That's the right way to say it. We are not abusing this uh, crisis. But unfortunately, uh, in the last week, uh, our sales team been suffering a little bit and we did start charging a little bit over. Uh, not crazy. We are doing anywhere from a thousand to three maximum on extremely, extremely selective cars like G-Wagons, 911s. We are charging a little more, but you're not going to see at my group hikes uh, as high as 20 grand or as high as we've seen, $135,000 somewhere in California for a G-Wagon, which is ridiculous. In fact, it's not even the biggest uh, markup I've seen. I've seen on a G-Wagon, G63 AMG, I've seen $185,000 markup, which to me, extremely, extremely ridiculous and extremely, extremely unethical. To me, it actually I'm represents... Yeah, I hear you loud and clear, Igor. To me, it reminds me of something my dad said one time, which is, um, show me the money. Show me the money. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're, you're right. Unfortunately, the only ones who are seeing the money are the dealerships. And it's extremely unfair again. It's extremely rigged right now. 
and uh, it's definitely to me it speaks uh, big value who stands where so let's take a moment igor if you don't mind you have a really unique perspective and i think um obviously an ethos that aligns greatly with me my dad and the YAA brand in our whole community. We have a question here from Lieutenant Dan, which is, Igor, are you seeing any inventory increases on the horizon? And you saw, Igor, I was running through at the beginning of the show. We've got literally only one OEM who has posted a profit at, for this most recent quarter. That was Toyota. Everyone else, Subaru, profits in half. Honda, profit down 40%. And then you have these dealership groups that are just making a boatload of money. Do you see the inventory shortage changing I don't know, by the end of this year or sometime next year, what's your read on that? Um, my prediction is that nothing is going to change till maybe mid next year. It's the way I'm looking at this, these things. I am talking to uh, manufacturers, the local reps, regional reps, and uh, corporate offices, and they're giving me the signals they're not telling me straight because it's not in their best interest but they're giving me signals that nothing is happening so far nothing is happening there are very few manufacturers that are having a lot easier times and within those manufacturers not a lot of models are doing as good as others it's select models and usually most manufacturers are uh, getting uh, value in models are the ones in more demand. They call it bread and butter vehicles. The other ones that weren't selling so good in high volumes, uh, they're not concentrated on that. They're trying to pump out vehicles that are more in demand, more popular, and those are the cars that are being pumped in higher volume. I'm not going to say normal volume, but higher volume than others. But have, it's still pretty bad out there. Definitely. Do you have any read from your perspective? We saw a lot of 2021 uh, model year vehicles that were sitting waiting for semiconductors, uh, chips to be finished for production. Yes. Do you have any read yes. on when those are making it to dealer lots? And also, like typically, we're we're in the next model year already. Um, do you anticipate seeing like 2021s being sold new next year in 2022? Uh, I do. I. Do anticipate in some with some manufacturers that are still having a lot of trouble receiving conductors for the vehicles that are sitting in the fields all over the United States, and also uh, at ports. Um, some manufacturers are bringing them in now, and uh, unfortunately, uh, what we used to happen, I should I should go that route when turnover to a new model was happening the 20 the the leftovers from previous year you would see bigger discounts more rebates more incentives unfortunately 22s are not coming in as fast as you want to see them and not in value you want to see them so there there won't be any bigger incentives or bigger discounts on leftover vehicles if there are any dealerships because most of them are spoken for before they even get to the dealership and uh, there is not much that that is coming on 21s and 22s. M most of my lots are pretty much dry, bone dry. Uh, I mean, I could give you a perfect example. My Subaru store, I have zero new cars and four certified units uh, wow. as far as Subaru. I have about 20 to 30 other cars, other brands at the dealership. 
that we selected to to be at the dealership on a lot too because they're presentable. But other than that, it's pretty much bone dry. I have uh, some dealerships that are full of cars and they're not selling because they're extremely expensive and a lot of people just don't have that kind of type of money or can't afford to have those expenses even if they do have money yeah. to just spend that kind of money on these vehicles right now, like Porsches, Bentleys, Lamborghinis. They're not selling. And there's no markups on these cars because they're not volume selling vehicles. Definitely. You know, Rolls Royce, you know. But some other cars that people want and for everyday driving, people working class, trucks, uh, smaller SUVs, you know, your compact vehicles, uh, they're just insanely, insanely overpriced and there's none to have. Well, Igor, um, it's an honor and a pleasure to have you on. And uh, where can uh, that, shout out your dealership group one more time again, Igor, his group and he himself, they align with our ethos and values. We don't have like a dealership program or anything like that. But when you join the YAA community like Igor has, and I'm going to share my screen real quick, Igor, just so everyone who's on the stream can see this. And for anyone listening to the podcast afterwards, Back on our community forum, you can see how many comments and posts every member makes, right? Igor's got 370 comments in here. So you want to talk about someone who's out here trying to help others and do some good things in the world? Igor's a great example of that. So Igor, if someone is in your area and they're interested in learning more about your business, your group, uh, where can they find that out? Uh, sure. Uh, we are located in uh, mainly Northeast, uh, New England area. We do have some dealerships in New Jersey and New York area new hampshire uh, rhode island and our group is called prime prime automotive and you're welcome to come and visit us at any time well igor you're welcome to come and join me anytime my dad's out sick but i actually have another guest knocking at the door so i'll give you back to your lunch uh, business lunch date and i can't thank you enough all right thank you gang see you igor and even though my dad's not here i'm still gonna play it Pops, I think someone's at the door. Can you let him in? So we are joined by Mr. Phil Nader. Did I get it right, Phil? You got it. <laughs> so Phil is on the auto advocate team here at YAA. If you've ever gone on our community forum or used our live chat, you may have spoken with Phil. Phil, you know Igor from the chat and everything. That was awesome, wasn't it? I do. I do. He's tremendous. And he's very helpful to all the, all the community members. Absolutely. Just like yourself. Do you mind giving a little bit about your background and we can take a couple minutes here to answer some questions and hang out with the community? Sure, sure. So, I mean, I've got a background in banking and finance and that transitioned into working for Ford Credit uh, as a dealer credit analyst. And I've got several years of experience uh, originating loans and leases, uh, mostly for the New England uh, area Ford dealerships as well as some of the dealerships down in Florida. Um, I'm also currently a business owner. Um, I own a computer repair business and NIT business. So I've been doing that for the last seven years and I am an avid car lover. Um, and I, I probably change out of cars probably once or twice a year. I probably spend all of my money on doing that, but have a tremendous amount of experience of, uh, you know, being in, being in the dealership, getting that experience, um, and working with the salespeople, the sales managers, the finance office, all of that on pretty much a regular basis without even having to work there. So that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's awesome. And, and just again, to put like kind of faces to names here, back on the YA community, Phil's got 463 comments. It's incredible the amount of work and effort you put in here to educate and help other community members. It's really awesome. And it's actually making me think, you know, Justice, who's another one of our auto advocates, and also Space, who let's just, I mean, he's one of our peers. So let's just look him up really quick because it's, it's actually. Absolutely. Let's see, let's see. Yeah. See, you and I are both trying to catch up to Space. 1,335 comments. We need a space. You know how in the NBA, there's like the, uh, what's what's the, who, Jerry West? Is that the MVP trophy? Whoever it is, we need a space version for auto advocates. <laughs> I think I think so. You know, the space is great. Um, he is very detailed, very detail oriented. And that can be tremendously helpful. You know, just different styles, right? Um, he... He goes the, I would call it the extra mile uh, when he is researching and presenting all of the details. I do. I do. Maybe I'm falling, you know, I'm selling myself short, but, you know, he does a good job. Well, we really do have a hell of a community here and it's it's really great. And you've got like a comment here from Ben Deco asking about the buy rate on my loan saved me thousands. They were padding 4% on my loan. It's awesome. That's crazy. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, uh, being able to be there and help uh, ever, all the members, any, anyone coming to the, to the community and to be able to evaluate any deal that's coming through. I mean, it's so crazy right now, right? I mean, we, you talk about it every day with your dad. Um, just uh, the amount of markups, the amount of padding on the back end and the, and the reserves that are happening on the, on the finance end. Um, hey, if we can help in any way to try to bring that down, uh, hey, that's what we're here for. What would you say, Phil, are some of the biggest themes that you're seeing in either the live chats that you're having with our members or on the community forum? What are some of the biggest themes and then kind of action items that you're giving to people as they're going through the process? So I would say basically people are dealing with the additional markups um, as well as uh, uh, add-ons and whatnot, and and having to deal with that, um, and you know the best way is that you know obviously those are those are negotiable items, right? Um, and trying to empower people to say, hey, look, you know, you you can negotiate this, you can get a discount off of this, you know, and like where do you start? So you know maybe ask her fifty percent off, something like that, um, and try to work your way up. It's it's kind of now I'm kind of looking at this market like. MSRP is the old invoice and anything marked up is whatever you're marking it up to is the new MSRP. And okay, so where do we find a middle ground to negotiate to find a fair deal? Definitely, definitely. Well, Phil, do you want to join me for the uh, final segment that we typically do on daily news you can use? Uh, do you mind if, I, mind if I play the ad lib and we do it? Let's do it. Really? You, you gotta, gotta be, be kidding, kidding me. me. I mean, you could be my stand-in father. Maybe for Halloween next year, we can do something like that. All right, so here we go. Let's do it. We've got, we've got a story that was over on Jalopnik, and talk about irony. Justice actually surfaced this one. Yeah. GM is using a shuttered microchip plant to store thousands of chipless trucks. That's crazy, right? So... Like, I... let that sink in for a moment. <laughs> I mean, it's truly remarkable. So obviously, GM has struggled mightily with the chip shortage of all the American uh, 
uh, manufacturers, they've struggled probably the hardest, them and Ford. And they're literally putting trucks at a plant that used to produce microchips and semiconductors. It's pretty incredible to see this finally come full circle in this type of way. It is. It is. And you know what? To kind of go a little bit uh, on uh, on a tangent here. So like a friend of mine uh, locally here in the uh, Detroit area, he's uh, purchasing a Ram, but he's got a friend who works at one of the factories here and they are producing trucks, but some of the parts are not here. So they're putting the not correct part on there and then putting the truck out in a lot, waiting for the correct part to come in. And then they'll just swap the parts out and then they'll send it to the to the dealer. It's crazy stuff. The ramifications of what's going on right now, like I, I literally can't even wrap my full head around it. You know, like what the next two, three years looks like. Like think about the repair issues down the line for the few trucks that, oh, maybe we forgot to swap the parts. I mean, it's going to be ridiculous. And anything electrical too. So, you know, I, working on anything electrical in any vehicle is is a pain, right? Trying to fish down anything. Um, and, and you're right. I can foresee some issues on on the repair side. For sure. Which, which, this is the perfect time to pitch and we'll end the stream here. YAA, we have our extended warranty. And also we just started offering, I didn't even tell the team internally, Phil, so shame on me. We're offering monthly payments on that now. So you don't have to pay it all up front. So join YAA.com, get a quote from us. Miss Kimberly Klein, we have Candice on the team as well, who we'll have to get on the show sometime soon. Um, hopefully my dad's around as well. And now monthly yeah. payments. So we're pretty excited I about that. Love it, it out. love it. Anything to make it easier for, for, the, for the members, right? 100%. So Phil, thanks for stepping in for my pops. We had Igor send the message in a moment ago. Let me just pull it up. Thank you, Zach. And Igor, I got to tell you, it's Zach with a C, with an H, but I still love you. Uh, and the <laughs> YA community for your support and giving an opportunity to be a part, a part of this automotive revolution. Again, Igor is one of the managing partners and owners at Prime Automotive. So kudos to you, Igor, for being a part of the community. And Phil, thanks for jumping in in, in lieu of my dad and showing your face here on the stream. Absolutely. <laughs> no problem. Totally I'll see you at cool. the team meeting later, okay? <laughs> All right, you got it. <laughs> thanks, Phil. Thanks, everyone. Right. And Pops, feel better, man, okay? Feel better. Absolutely, Pops. Join us again next time. Which is probably tomorrow. To get the news you can use from YAA. YAA is your trusted source for all things auto. Thanks for listening. See you soon. soon.